Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, reading again for a text, verse 58, the same text that we've used the last two Sundays. We're talking about being unmovable. And this morning, I want to talk to you again about being unmovable in truth, understanding who God is, who Jesus is. Last week, we talked about the Bible being inspired, and that it's proven by archaeology and history to be the Word of God and to be absolutely true. Today, we're going to talk about Jesus Christ is truth, absolute truth. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. <clears throat> Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be in your house, more importantly, in your presence. We thank you today that you're going to touch hearts and touch lives in a great way. At the end of this service, I believe sick bodies will be healed. Sinners will be saved. Those that are bound will be delivered. Those that are hopeless will find hope. You are the answer and you are the truth. Make that clear through the words that you give me today. Put me on like a coat and wear me that individuals may see you and not me today. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. When we start talking about truth, we have to recognize that it is running completely contrary to the beliefs of our society. Our society doesn't believe in absolute truth. Our society believes that truth is relative, depending on who I am and my situation and what I happen to be doing or believing at that moment in time. But friend, understand, Christianity is built upon the premise of absolute truth, that the Bible is truth. It is the standard of code and conduct for you and I even yet today. And we also need to understand that Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus, in the book of John, was declaring who he really was. If you want to know what he did, read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But if you want to understand Jesus as the Messiah, the promised one, then you need to read the book of John. Because John unveils Christ to us as that Messiah, the promised one, that was coming to bring salvation to the entire world. It's interesting, he said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Today is Sanctity of Life Sunday. Today, when we pause to remember that Roe v. Wade was codified by the Supreme Court, but thank God it was overturned last year. Doesn't mean there's no abortion in the land. It means it was simply returned to the state's jurisdiction. I've come to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ did not say, I am the way, the truth, and the death. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And those of us who believe in him must come to the place, whether it's immediate or whether it's progressive, but we have to come to the place where we understand Jesus Christ does not condone death. And when we think about abortion, that's exactly what it does. So today we need to pray that God would raise up a righteous standard in our nation. Even this morning... Downtown, the Vice President of the United States has come to celebrate the anniversary of Roe v. Wade. 
I don't care what you think of her. It really doesn't matter. What you need to understand, I don't know her, so I have no opinion of her. But what I do know is her political beliefs and her ideology are contradictory to this word of God. And I will not align myself with anyone or anything that is contradictory to the word of God. Doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or you're a Republican or you're an independent. You need to come to the place in your thinking, in your ideology, in your belief system, where you understand this is truth. Everything else is measured against the word of God. And if it proves to be error, then we discard it and throw it away. We need to pray for our city that God would use this day as Sanctity of Life Sunday to awaken those who are living in darkness. In John chapter 1, it says the light came, the light came to darkness, but darkness could not comprehend it. Friend, don't be surprised when people hear the gospel again and again, or they've been raised in church yet drift away from it. Because the darkness that Satan encloaks people's mind and spirit in cannot comprehend the light of Jesus Christ. It requires the convicting power of the Holy Spirit to penetrate the darkness and to allow the light to bring change. It also says in John chapter 1 that the light, light was life. We need to understand life comes through Jesus Christ. Today, however, we believe, our society believes truth is relative. But we as believers understand that truth is based on the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. A recent survey reveals that in America, the general public, 66% of the people agree with this statement. The statement is there is no such thing as absolute truth. Two-thirds of our nation agree with that. And then we can boil it down a little further. And we look at teens from 13 to 21 or young people, and 70% believe there's no such thing as absolute truth. My prayer is if you're in that category, that the word of the Holy Spirit and the word of God will so penetrate your life that you will not ever believe the lie of the devil, but you will believe there is absolute truth. But here's the real shocking thing. Barna says that 53% of adults in churches today believe there is no absolute truth. 57% of young people in churches today do not believe there is absolute truth. Let me define absolute truth for you. These are the qualities that it has to possess to be absolute truth. Number one, it's discovered, not invented. You see, we find truth in the Word of God. God leads us to it. We discover it. Truth is transcultural. It can be conveyed across every culture at every time. It's the same for those in America and those in the darkest regions of Africa. Truth is the same for you sitting on this pew or on this seat as it is to those in the Mideast who've never heard the name of Jesus Christ. Truth doesn't change with culture. It's transcultural. Truth is unchanging. It's truth for all people at all times. Beliefs cannot change the truth, no matter how sincere one may be. How often have you heard it? Well, I believe. Well, I'm glad you believe, but what do you believe is the question. Because many times we find people that are so sincere in their beliefs, and they are so sincerely wrong. It's imperative that you know what you believe. Truth is unaffected 
by the attitudes of those professing it. Truth is absolute. Truth is knowable. It is knowable. Let me say it again. It's not enough to say I believe. The question is, what do you believe? What is your bedrock? What have you built your life on? And if it's not the truth of God's word, you're building on sand. And when the storms come, then you're going to find your life is rocked. Your, your, your life is destroyed because you don't have the proper foundation to survive the storms of life. Jesus said it this way, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Would you agree with me that our world needs a dose of truth, a revelation of truth? Why haven't they received it? Because too often we're silent. And if we're silent about our beliefs because we're worried that someone may be offended, now listen to me, then we put more priority on what someone thinks of us than what the Word of God says. May I tell you, if you're going to live according to Scripture, you will find people offended. You will find people that object. You will find people that disagree. But we stand firm in the truth, knowing it's the truth that sets men free. And when we stand up for what's right and what's true, people may not agree, but at least they know what we're fighting for. So church, I've come to challenge you today. Open your mouth. Speak truth. Speak life. Don't back down. Don't be afraid. Don't walk away from it. Be ready to engage those who believe in relativism with the truth of God's word. Don't allow it to change your life. The world needs a dose of truth. There is no question about it. How often have you heard today, well, this phrase, well, this is my truth. What does that even mean? What does that mean? This is my truth. It means you have no basis or foundation for what you believe. All the confusion that's happening around us enables us to know that it's time. This is the day and the age for the church to rise up and plunge in the sickle with the truth of God's word and reap a harvest for all generations. It's time for you and I to let God use us and move us using the truth as our foundation. This is in the slides, but you need to remember it. Our attitude toward truth determines the outcome of our life. Our attitude toward truth determines the outcome of our life. Everybody in this room, everybody listening to this message, everybody on the planet will live eternally. There is no doubt about it. After death, there is life. The question is, what do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that He died for your sins? Do you believe that if you confess your sins, He forgives you and cleanses you? Do you believe that when you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, and you live for Him every day, then you have the promise of eternal life in heaven? Do you believe that if we fail to receive Jesus Christ, if we reject Him, if we say that's just a fable, it's not true, then our eternal destiny will not be in heaven, it will be in hell. You see, churches will stop preaching hell because it's not popular. It really doesn't matter if it's popular or not, it's true. And people need to understand you will live beyond the grave. The question is, what will your address be? What will your location be? And the only way to know I'm going to live in heaven forever with Christ is to accept Him as my Lord and Savior. 
You see, he said, I am the way. That implies the only way. There are no other ways. I know that society tells us there are many roads to God. Even preachers tell you there are many roads to God. But that is not the gospel. That is not the scripture. Jesus, revealing himself as the Messiah, said, I am the way. There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son, Jesus Christ. It's not through any other belief system, any other religious system. It's not through you developing your own belief system. It's through Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, coming to church isn't going to get you to heaven. Taking communion isn't going to get you to heaven. Going to confession isn't going to get you to heaven. The only thing that assures you eternal life is believing in the Son that God sent to die for your sins and mine. There is no other way than Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And our attitude towards truth determines the outcome of our lives. Listen, if we don't love the truth, if we resist the truth, if we rebel against the truth, then we're saying, I'm okay with my eternal fates. And we're saying, I'm okay with living alone in this life. I'm okay with figuring it out by myself. I'm okay with making the same silly mistakes that generations before us have made, repeating the same sinful behaviors and having the same eternal fate. How can we be okay with that when there is a better way? There is a new and a living way. The door is wide open for you and I today. We live in the age of grace. We're not in the age of judgment. We're in the age of grace. When Jesus poured out his blood on Calvary so that anyone who believes in him could be saved. Matter of fact, John 1 says that he gives those who believe in him the power to become sons and daughters of God. It's only through Jesus Christ. There is no other way. And it's when we embrace him, then we can know what's awaiting for us at the end of this life. You know, when I had that motorcycle wreck, not even three months ago, there was no fear in my heart when I knew I was going to hit that concrete wall at 80 miles an hour. I had peace. Why? Because I know my eternal destination. And I'm okay if he takes me home today. Paul said, for me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. So many times we spend all of our life fighting against what's going to happen rather than surrendering to Christ and let him guide and direct our steps. You want to live without fear? Then stop fearing death. That's the biggest fear mankind faces is death. But when you come to Christ and he fills your heart and fills your life, when truth sets you free and liberates you from all fear, then you can live in confidence knowing no matter where he sends me, no matter what I'm doing, no matter what I encounter, I'm going to be okay. And that day, October 27th, I would have been okay going to heaven. But God wasn't ready for me. My day has not come. I do believe it's appointed under man once to die. Then comes the judgment. My expiration date has not occurred yet. So I'm still here. And I'm thankful I am. But listen, as believers, we have to declare life or death does not change me and does not move me because I know what awaits. I know what awaits. And I know that one day I'll receive a crown of life that the Lord himself will give me on that day.
We understand that God's word is true and God's word declares in John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, the word was flesh, excuse me, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The same was in the beginning with God. John 1, 14 says, and we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. That's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. Three things very quickly and I'll be done. When we understand that He is truth, absolute truth, complete truth, moral truth, when we understand that Jesus is truth, it drives us to repent. It drives us to say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, cleanse me. When He shines His light in our lives and we acknowledge we are sinners in need of forgiveness, atonement, sanctification, and justification, it causes us to repent. The truth shows us, and we have to acknowledge that we are powerless to overcome sin in ourselves. But when the Son of God dwells within us, we have power to rise above. Thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't tell me you can't stop that habit. You can if you turn it over to Him. Don't tell me that behavior continues to persist. It's because you choose to allow it to persist. When we determine it's going to be given to God, we can walk away from it and never turn back again. That's what the power of God does in our life. We need to understand that as human beings, sin is a part of our DNA. And we need a transplant to make us right with God. The old heart's taken out. A new heart comes in. God makes us over anew when we repent. So I'm not sure I believe all that. We should read Romans 7. Because in Romans 7, Paul's talking about the power of the law, his inability to follow and fulfill the law, and the power of the Spirit of God, which brings life. He said in Romans 7, 24 and 25, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. We need to understand, he went on in Romans 8, 1 and said, Therefore there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Did you hear what he said? He said, when you're following the Spirit of God, you live in a place where there's no condemnation. If you're living under condemnation, if you're living under guilt, it's time to let the truth set you free and repent and ask God to forgive you. Only Satan condemns people. Jesus never condemns people. Only the works of the enemy in darkness bring condemnation and guilt into your life. Holy Spirit never does that. What does he do? He brings conviction. He brings a knowledge to your mind and to your spirit that my behavior and my actions are not right with the word of God and I must change. That's conviction. Rather than making you feel hopeless in your sin, hopeless in your behaviors, with finding no way out of what you're doing and how you've done it, Christ brings liberty. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. His message was repentance. And the message today yet must be repentance. Luke 13, 3 said, I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Acts 17, 30, the scripture says, therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to all men, all people everywhere should repent. 
Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, some of you think I'm too far away. I'm too far gone. God could never want to restore me, renew me, forgive me. I've got news for you. That's not true. The reason Jesus hasn't returned for his church is because God is not willing that any perish, but that all come to repentance. You see, that's your name. He's calling you. He's saying, I want you to be a part of my family and a part of my kingdom. It's time for you to repent. And when you do, he gives you the power to be sons and daughters of God. The scripture goes on to say, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true and we are in him who is true in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. 1 John 5.20 declares that. So we understand when we're exposed to truth, when Christ is present in our life with convicting power. What did he say in Revelation? He said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Friend, he's knocking. He's giving you an opportunity. He's saying to you this morning, it's time. You have the opportunity to repent. It's up to you. Will you or will you not? Will you continue to resist truth and walk away in darkness? Number two, truth brings transformation. The whole point of truth, listen to me, the whole point of truth is transformation. He found you in one place, but he doesn't leave you there. He found you in the mud and the mire, but he doesn't leave you there. He lifts you out and sets your feet upon the rock. He found you bruised and battered by sin and Satan, but he doesn't leave you there. He forgives you. He cleanses you. He transforms you into a son or a daughter of God. John 3, 1 John 1, 3, and 4 says it this way, For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear the truth. My children walk in truth. Isn't that an amazing thing? The greatest blessing is to know that those you love and care about are walking in the truth of Jesus Christ. What does it mean to walk in truth? It means that we acknowledge Him. We accept Him. We allow truth to judge what's in us, to reform and transform what is in us. Truth causes us to hate sin and yet love the sinner. Truth causes us to desire change in our lives. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Paul said it this way, Do not be conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewal of your mind. You see, that's the battleground. The battleground is right here between your ears. It's what you hear. It's what you see. It's what you say. It's what you think that either determines I'm growing closer to God or I'm walking away from him. May I tell you, it's time to submit the mind to the authority and the power of the word of God and say, God, all those images that are stored somewhere in my brain, that are unholy, that are ungodly, that do everything but glorify you. God, would you remove them? Would you cleanse my mind today? Transform me by the power of the Word of God. Now listen, He'll do that, but then you got to walk it out. You can't just pray a prayer and say it's done. you got to walk it out. Listen, it means you stop watching that filth. 
You stop going to those places that lead you into sin and temptation. You change your friends who have no interest in God. Oh, that's too hard to do. But it's required. You need to do it. You need to allow your mind to be transformed. Stop, stop getting your sense of appreciation and gratification from those who don't know Jesus and start getting it from the master who's on high. Oh, listen to him saying, I'm pleased with you. I love you. I care about you. I'm taking care of you. You were in my hand and no temptation will ever cause you to fall as long as you're there. Come on, folks, get your mind right. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, all things become new. Galatians 2.20, a lot of you can quote this scripture with me. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's no longer I who lives, but it's Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See, it's about the mind. It's about understanding truth and allowing truth to transform us. Colossians 1.10 says, so as, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. And one of my favorites, Philippians 1.6, He who has began a good work in you will perform it. Oh, come on, friend, it's time to let your mind be transformed. Because when your mind is transformed, it becomes then the portal through which truth flows to touch every aspect of your life. And it's possible for every single individual to walk in this truth, the truth of Jesus Christ. And when we do, then what Jesus said in John 8, 32 comes to pass. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. You know what that means? The truth is going to break off of you everything that shouldn't be there. And he's going to fill you with hope, with pleasure, with guidance, with direction. And the more willing we are to submit to the truth, and the quicker we become obedient to the truth, then the quicker our transformation occurs. It's an amazing thing. What's the result of loving the truth and being transformed by it? 2 Corinthians 3.18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Tom, would you come back, please? And number three, when we embrace Jesus Christ as the truth, then that truth gives us hope. doesn't matter our situation. Doesn't matter of sin, doesn't matter of problems, doesn't matter of sickness or a disease. When we embrace truth in Jesus Christ, He brings hope into our hearts, into our lives. Listen, when we have the hope of Christ in us, there's no reason to be discouraged. There's no reason to be worried. There's no reason to be dismayed. When we have the hope of Christ in us, then we can understand, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We can follow the words of the Apostle Paul who said, I've been rich and I've been poor. I've had a lot and I've had nothing. But this one thing is constant. I can do all things. Walk through any circumstance. Encounter any devil. Fight any evil. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when that truth begins to work in our life, you know what we find? We find that the spirit of truth and the spirit of power are one and the same. Because when we know the truth, 
There is a power that fills our life, that transcends every aspect of this life, and that enables us to see beyond today and hope for tomorrow. Your circumstance may not be good today. Your diagnosis may be bad. What the doctors have said may scare you to death. But perfect love casts out all fear. And the truth of Jesus Christ is that he is revealed as that perfect love. 1 John 3, 3 says, Whoever has this hope in him, speaking of hope in Christ, purifies himself just as he is pure. Psalm 86, 11 declares, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in truth. You see, we can only be transformed into the image of Christ to the same degree that we walk in truth, that we love truth, that we seek truth, that we follow after truth. When everything hurts, when only darkness is ahead of us, when we don't even want to admit what we're walking through and what we're feeling, then I've come to tell you today, there's hope in truth. Jesus Christ will break off everything and give you truth when you choose to put your faith, your hope, and your trust in Him. You made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.